to Stock Talk Podcast, where topics are covered and questions are answered across all parts of the show stock industry. Get ready to learn and laugh with your hosts, Trevor Kirkpatrick and Corey Edge. Oh, buddy. You know what? Thanksgiving is tomorrow. Oh. And eat your ham. Oh. And your prime rib. Yes. I would I would like some lamb actually this time, but I don't mm, a little lamb chop. Yeah. I would only go to Jordan Marks to do that though. I'm sorry. He's uh, he cooks lamb like a mad madman. But anyway, folks, you know who is on uh, today's episode, Mr. Al Schmeke, a very, very good dual threat, if you will, both Ovine threat, yes. and the Porcine. So, Ovine and Porcine. A, uh, uh, yeah. a, a Chester man at heart, but also he says he has some crosses there. Uh, just a good dude. I love talking oh, to Al. Gosh. We saw him down there at uh, the North American and said, hey, we'd love to get you on the podcast. He was like, the what? What? <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah. Some of these old school guys they they don't uh, they don't keep up with the uh, the current technology and trend. But uh, you know something that Al does know about. What's that? That's current and that people need to to uh, jump on board with if they haven't already is uh, to be able to see livestock at an event or show, boar tour, you name it. Uh, if it is live, Walton Webcasting is there capturing every moment. Boom, mic drop. Uh, yes, Walton Webcasting, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know, now you know. Winner. So <laughs> I, I, I know uh, where you're going with there. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, listen, Walton Webcasting uh, are the folks. Okay, here's what you need to know about Walton Webcasting. Yes, they provide a great service, and you guys should go subscribe and visit their webs- websites. Um, but even more than that, they're just good people. Uh, this industry is full of good people, uh-huh. but uh, the best people that we know in the videography business for Showstock happen to be at Walton Webcasting. Yes. Um, just genuine people, easy to work with. If you want a special project done, any sort of cool advertisement, uh, video work, stuff like that, they have that in their portfolio of work to do. So make sure you go get a hold of Walton, if you want anything like that done, obviously you can go check them out. Watch all these shows that you want to watch. They're pretty much at every single major show at this point. Uh, lots of uh, open shows and, and stuff like that. I know, Trevor, I'm excited for summer to come because it is nice to be able to sit back, have my laptop screen on one side, have the TV going with some Walt webcasting on the other. It's uh, pretty handy. Oh, yeah. To keep this guy. Yes. Uh, focus to work. Yeah. So. Love it. Hey, uh, before we get into some more topics, um, should we tell the big people what the December is going to bring for us? Well, we probably should say something. Yeah. I. This is a really cool idea. So those of you who listen to either uh, Tom Segura or Burt Kreischer or uh, Joe Logan. Reagan, Joe Reagan, um, Joe Reagan, Reagan, Joe Rogan, Rogan. Uh, they do a thing called uh, Sober October where uh, they do not drink any alcohol and they do some type of challenge together. Well, that spiked an idea uh, between uh, Corey and I and a couple other friends. Uh, Luke Ziegler, Jordan Marks. You heard from Jordan Marks uh, in his episode with Marks Genetics. So, Tanner in- Edge also, the better looking and younger version of myself. 
Oh, uh, he's joining. We'll be joining. Awesome. So here's what's going to happen, folks. All of December, we're calling it Dedicated December, and we all are doing a multi-component challenge. There's a fitness component where you have to work out at least three or four times a week, and we're all going to be wearing uh, a fitness tracker to monitor uh, heart rate and the amount of time you worked out. And we're all going to share that information on a weekly basis. We are all also going to be reading uh, Max Lucado's Facing Your Giants and kind of do a book club, if you will. Um, kind of is a multi-life how to overcome diversity book. And what else is there? I'm blanking. Uh, you know... Try not to eat like crap. Yes, and oh, of course, stay sober. Uh, although holidays yeah. bring up no bring a lots of of parties and fun, no alcohol. We're going to stay dedicated, and yeah. we're going to bring all the guys together sooner than later and talk about it before it starts. And then hopefully, like a New Year's Eve deal, we all get together and talk about the month. So it's multifaceted, but I think it'll be good. It'll be a good challenge for all of us to kind of push each other. And the kicker is we all, if we don't do the challenge, if we fail and d- decide not to work out, or if we go out and party one night or whatever, we have to donate $100 to an organization that we do not want to donate $100 to. For example, mine would be the Team Up North. It is Michigan week this week. Michigan. I even said the, the cuss word. So oh, I'm going amazing. to have to send $100 to... The team up north, not just the university, the football team. I have to donate $100 if I fail, which I won't. That's the biggest motivation on earth. So what I'm going to tell you folks is uh, feel free to join. Um, Great book and great fitness challenge. You can uh, share your fitness with us or just uh, watch us do it because we're going to be sharing on our social media platforms and be dedicated this December. Yes, uh, your boy could stand to lose about a couple uh, 21-pound turkeys <laughs> oh. since it's Thanksgiving time. Ah, that, was a little, that was a little nerdy. Um, speaking of Thanksgiving time, you have roughly five days to take advantage of something, Trevor, and you should tell the people. Yes, oh my there. gosh. All right, guys, showpig.com is putting on a huge November special, and it's coming to a close. You have to hurry to get to showpig.com. This cost-effective deal is less than two cents per email impression. The email blast package is what I'm talking about. Would you like to reach 20,000 unique swine-only emails? Uh, yeah. If I, had, if I had pigs, I sure would, yeah. Yeah, I mm-hmm. would like to. Promote your upcoming sale or new project or service. I've seen it all on this website that I visit multi-times daily. They're only going to charge you $275 per email blast or $475 for two. Oh my! So yeah, the normal price is three twenty-five. They're giving you a huge deal, um, and I would take advantage of it—the Turkey yep. Day special, if you will. But it, it lasts all November at Showpig.com. Speaking of, they have a ton of bread gilt sales, oh, and Atlanta. I've asked Santa, like I've sent many pictures to Santa, like this one and this one, and what's like, Santa have to say about that? You don't even have a barn. Shut up! Uh, yeah, dang it, Santa! I know. Well, it's okay. Um, that's why that's why we do what we do. That's right. Oh, okay. my. Well, let's not keep the good people from it. Uh, 
Thanks for joining us. And also, thanks for killing it on the sweatshirts. My gosh, we need to get more already. Yeah. Um, those things are warm. We hope you enjoy them. Have a good Thanksgiving, folks. We love you all. Um, and here is Corey Edge with your introduction of House Minky. Two species. Two letters for his first name. No way that you cannot enjoy listening to the stories that are about to be told. Tons of information from a guy who's traveled literally all over the country, judges his shows, raises some club lambs, raises some show pigs. Folks, a genuine good human being. I'm talking about Mr. Al Schmanky. Well, we'll go ahead and get started, Al. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. It's been uh, been a long time coming. You've been a, a very good industry leader for for many of us to look up to, and we ran into you there at the Sheep Show of all places in Louisville. So, hey, thanks for joining us. And uh, to get started, just give us a little story about yourself, who you are, where you're from, and of course, what you do. Um, Al Schmanky, uh, Van Horn, Iowa. Uh, Living uh, in the home farm of uh, four generations uh, here at the home farm, three generations uh, from my standpoint, uh, raising Chester White hogs, um, and so uh, so we're involved uh, in the livestock side of the point. Uh, married uh, into the sheep business uh, 37 years ago. Uh, the sheep business come with my marriage. And so we've got those uh, two part of our, you know, those are the two livestock parts of our operation and stuff. And so we've been involved in that uh, as kids through 4-H, FFA, um, and of course, uh, both Candy and I, you know, from the standpoint of our parents were involved in the seed stock industry. Uh, my granddad was also involved in it. And so several generations, my granddad started the White Chesters and in the early 30s and so uh, there's been a chester there's been a chester hog here at this farm all those all these years <laughs> so i don't i have done the math but it's been a lot of years we've had a lot of <laughs> we've uh, still got a few old sale catalogs yet that we keep back and look back at look at back at a few of the hogs and stuff and so so that's a that's a that's a little part of what we've kind of got going on of course i uh i also uh involved with uh, show tech also and so so when i get free time we we cover that from a national account standpoint also cool um so you married into the sheep deal which uh, yes yeah. we yeah. won't we, we won't hold that against you uh, <laughs> because uh, you, guys have, <laughs> you guys have definitely uh, uh brought that thing along uh just as quickly and and at the same level of competitiveness as as the hogs so uh, that I would guess a lot of our listeners would know you from. Um, but uh, let, let's dive into that a little bit. Um, you know, working the uh, both species, trying to keep them competitive. Um, you know, how, how many ewes and sows do you guys run? And, and maybe uh, sure. share, share some of those recent successes that you guys have had. You bet. Uh, well, most everybody that knows me know I married up. Uh, <laughs> and so it's one of those deals that... Uh, uh, and so, and it's one that, uh, we're, Candy and I are a lot alike. Uh, we're both very, very competitive, uh, very, very focused. Uh, she does a lot of thinking. Well, I'll back up just a nickel. Uh, 
uh, we met in college, uh, and she, quite frankly, didn't like the pigs very well, and I really didn't like sheep very well. But we <laughs> loved each other when it was all said and done. And so it all come together, and it's worked out really well. And so both of us are very passionate about both industries. Um, I get a little bit of a hard time. We've got more ewes than we've got sows around here. We've got about uh, 275 ewes that are in club lamb production. Wow. Um and then we've got about 80 sows. Uh, half of those sows are chesters. The other half are crosses. Um, and so we're um, very, very, you know, uh, and again, I, you know, I see young people. I see folks that are, I guess, that are, uh, as you go through, that are built a lot like Candy and I. Um, we wake up thinking about the livestock in the morning. Uh, we go to bed thinking about the livestock at night. Um, that's our love and passion. Uh, and so, uh, I think that's kind of what's continued to drive us from a standpoint of competition. Um, you know, of course we've got grandbabies that are coming, um, not too far in the horizon. It'll be trying to do a little showing and, uh, and so trying to stay focused and involved and in seeing what the, the industry, cause you guys kind of asked about big successes. Um, we were very fortunate. And our kids, is, um, our kids, is ha- our kids had better uh, success rate uh, than probably Candy and I did. And as as 4-H and FFA members, uh, we had some success. But our kids, uh, we were fortunate enough there to be at um, in the Iowa State Fair Sale of Champion 13 times with those two, with those two, Cody wow. and Chelsea. And so, uh, uh, so I don't know if that's a record, but we've been there a lot of times. And so we were. We were very, very fortunate, um, you know, and so we lived a lot of that through them, uh, and it's paid off because uh, those kids, our kids are, and our grandkids are still um, not actively in day in the daily activities of the operation, but they're involved in our action. They're both uh, work off the off the farm, um, but are still engaged in a lot of the things that we do day in and day out. Uh, when they can help, they're always here to help. But, uh, you know, show-wise, you know, from the Chester standpoint, uh, probably the thing that I remember from a big success, monetary-wise was a big success, um, is the year we had, it was it was fall classic uh, that year. Uh, knew I had a litter that was really, really good. Uh, Yakety Yak was the champion board that day. I don't know if you guys remember that or not. Uh, that was a really popular Chester boar that Triple B Randall Buck had bought. Uh, mm. He was champion that day. Um, he was the record seller, record selling boar at that time at thirty one thousand. Uh, that's been beat um, here just recently. But that day we had sold Yakety. Uh, we sold uh, Litter Made Invincible to SGI. Um, I can't remember the other boar's name, but Lean Value had bought one that day also. Huh. Um, and then actually, the we had Champion Gilt that was a litter mate to him. Uh, and actually, a guy that was judging that day, Galen McCune, uh, had bought her and then turned around and that next fall classic and took Yakety Yak and bred uh, the litter mates together and then had Champion Boar that next year. Wow. Uh, and that boar. That boar, uh, from uh, from one of the boars that we've sold over the years, that's had 
tremendous influence in the breed. That one was that one was one of the big successes. It was, and of course, it's always fun to see your see the what you produce to go on and do what it needs to do. Now I may uh, put you on possible. the spot here, but do you remember people? Mm-hmm. People love history. We've get texts mm-hmm. and messages all the time. We want to know more about history. So my question sure. to you is, do you know what those things were out of and, and kind of, if they were to walk into the ring today, what would they look like? Um, Sire was more called Impulse. Um, and uh, their mothers, actually, uh, that mother of that one was actually a litter mate to the Hog College Board the year before. I kept four litter mate sisters, and they were actually out of a board called Mr. Clean. Um, and at that time, in fact, I got pictures of them on the wall in the office yet. And those hogs, uh, as of course, as life cycles, as cycles and trends change, um, they are, they were a little cleaner built, uh, tall fronted, good looking, a little where maybe we're kind of headed today. Um, memory. We kind of re- we forget a little bit until we look at the pictures. They're probably not quite as good as we thought they were at that time today yeah. compared to the trends that we've got going now. But um, where we were wanting to go with the Chesters and maybe the swine industry was trying to go at that point, uh, again, just trying to clean them up, uh, square up hip and rear leg, which I think we continue as a Chester breeder. We always continue to work on that. But those guys were so good in those areas. Um, and just everything transitioned well. Uh-huh. Um, but yak of the bunch was probably the one, and I always use this word timeless, uh, when I'm judging shows and he was one, uh, that was kind of what he was one of them kind. Uh-huh. Uh, he didn't care what trends were going on. Uh, and so was his sister that was champion that day. They, those were ones that, uh, I don't care what the trends are. They're just good. They're just, it's just good livestock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and those are, and those two were specifically just that way. Uh, I just couldn't, that fall we had, you know, at, at that point in time, it was before the pig, what I call the show pig world was really taken off. And, but we still had pretty nice traffic in the fall buying pigs. And I take everybody by to look at those boars before they were going. Uh, and that's how that board got his name, Yakety Yak, because everybody <laughs> was yakking about it. And so it was, and so we created a pretty nice storm going down. Uh, and of course, at that point, I'm going, just hurry up and get here. Just hurry up and get here so I don't <laughs> screw him up before we get there. And, right. uh, and so, so that's how that, that's how a little bit of the history on that one and how that one was kind of built and what he kind of looked like. Wow. So I cool. was, I was kind of yeah. creeping on your, uh, your page there, and I, I found <laughs> that you had some recent success too with the Chester deal. Champion Chester at Iowa and Ohio, and then also reserve yep. at MLE in the Colorado State Fair, right? Yep, yep, yep. That's awesome. Um, yeah, we've had we've had a really good summer. Um, I, you know, and I, it's one of those that uh, uh, with some of the things that we've had kind of to deal with the last three years here at the house. Um, just not saying we lost focus. We had to change our focus for a little bit there with Candy's health. And, and so with her getting better, her doing better, not saying I forgot about her, but it's one of those deals that we've been able to put more focus back on what we're, you know, from the hog world, I put more focus back on it again. And we've been able to find 
you know, basically the tools to do what we need to do. Um, two summers ago when I was uh, asked to judge the summer type conference there in, in Springfield and uh, Pruitt there from Indiana ran a pair of boars in uh, at me. And I mean, they were good. And of course, I was in a, I was at a time in history that, man, I needed, I needed a boar. Yeah. Uh, that was good enough to go across the south and make some changes. And, and those two hit the ring and I made them champion in reserve. And, and I don't know if Travis Platt was there or not, but Travis and I own a few boards together, Travis and Sam Cheer, And, uh, and they asked me what I had. I said, man, dude, it's easy. We got to buy them both. Yeah. I mean, we ain't going to, we ain't going to separate them things. We're just going to buy them both. And we did. <laughs> and uh, that's the sires of those set of pigs there. Uh, open fire was in the mix also, but uh, but that was the point of where we needed to make some moves. Uh, to and we and I felt we had a pair of boars there that were able to do what we needed to do and transition into our program. And so so um, glad that those guys were willing to partner. Um, I'm glad they were a partner monetary wise because we'd have we'd have hooked up for a while. Uh, <laughs> yeah. with each other but uh but those were those were you know uh they they sure helped in the development of where we're at today and and we're excited of course for the future um as we've got focus i've joking with some guys there from texas yesterday that were up and i'm trying to keep the south thing under control for a number standpoint but i've got as many nice chester gilts as i've had around here in a long time that are out of those particular boars and I got to keep it under control. Yeah. So I don't get to 140,000. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I, I, uh, my friends joke with me, says, you're, they, that, uh, I'm a hoarder of good livestock. And they're probably right. I, I, I have a hard time letting good females get out of here. And I don't so, blame but, you a bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, it does make sense, though, that you have more ewes than you have sows because sheep will die for no reason. So you got to have a couple <laughs> extra hanging out, you know. So <laughs> it's uh, a good thing Candy's not on here because I guarantee she'd be all over you right now. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is a good thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, good thing. Yeah. I digress. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a little break in the action here with Al uh, because, folks, Fleece Performance Engineering is a leader in diesel performance. And if you don't know, well, now you know, winner. Mm-hmm. Use that line earlier in the episode. Okay, so check out their complete lineup of drop-in Cheetah turbochargers, power flow, lift pumps, injection pumps, and more for your Cummins, Duramax, or Power Stroke. Folks, to learn more about their great products, visit fleeceperformance.com or check check out their uh, new facility in Pittsburgh, Indiana, just west of Indianapolis off I-74. Remember, you can use promo code STOCKTALK for 10% off your next purchase with Fleece Performance. Make sure you visit them today. Here we go. Back to the action. The From the sheep side of things, um, where where are you guys at? So you, obviously you said you married into it, but you know obviously mm-hmm. there there's been uh, lots of success there as well, and um, you know a lot of guys in the country I think would like to get a hold of some schminky females, and like you said, you you're a little uh, uh, hoarder of good livestock, so it's kind of kind of hard to get a hold of those too. Um, but yeah. you know, talk about how you guys have kind of built that up um, over the years too, and and sure. uh, 
Yeah. Sure. You know, can you know, Candy, uh, of course has had a passion for her. She grew up through her 4-H and, and FFA years, uh, with a cattle and a, and a purebred sheep operation, but her, but her passion was the sheep. And so, um, we met in college, uh, we knew each other, but met in college, uh, but she showed some sheep, um, uh, went through her for it or through the, uh, when we were kind of dating and, and, uh, and as I was romancing her, um, she was showing some sheep from a, a gentleman called, well, a young lady a, at that time, uh, a husband and wife team of Pete and Paige Walters from Iowa City. And kind of give you a little history. I mean, we're backing up here about uh, almost 40 years. But at that time in the sheep industry, um, and again, this is now, this is a kid for me that was looking in from the outside and stepping into the sheep industry. And, and at that time, and, and of course things evolved and changed from an industry standpoint, but Pete and Paige Walters were raising sheep that were probably more market oriented than some at that time. And, uh, and so Pete and Paige had kind of taken candy under her wings and uh, candy did it actually an internship when we were in college there at Hawkeye with pete and page um she lo- loved that sheep deal and uh, and so um i always joke about uh pete and page like candy so well uh, i assume they liked me a little bit but uh, when we got <laughs> married uh, the the wedding gift and they and keep in mind these folks ran 400 ewes at that time <laughs> that was a lot of sheep um yeah. and those guys, uh, they like candy well enough. Like I said, I hope they like me well. But uh, our wedding gift uh, at that time was for us to come down and pick out 20 ewes out of them 400. Uh, and that was our start. And he said, wow. I'll buy the buck and four and 20 ewes. And uh, those 20 ewes, well, we went down and sorted out 20 of them ewes. And uh, so we had a tremendous start. Um at that particular time to go in and pick out the kind that we liked, uh, and then to have some input, uh, you know, on the buck purchase. And then we, and then we flew, but, um, but the thing that was, that was so good and instrumental, Pete and Paige are both gone now, but I think the thing that they did, uh, for themselves and for us, as I look back now, as you look back and reflect in time, um, it ain't different than some of our, children when they come into an operation or come back into the operation um not that we're getting tired i, I don't want to call myself an old guy <laughs> but we are we've done it hard we've done it hard it's nice to have some young energy come back into the operation um for for candy and i and pete and Paige at that time uh we were the young energy mm-hmm. uh, and man i mean we got a great start but we 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 jump started their program also. Right. Uh, they started selling lots of weathers again. Uh, they had a bunch of wins. I could see the enthusiasm, um, both in Pete and Paige. Uh, and so it was, you know, it was it was good for both, uh, quite honestly, um, for for the way we kind of kick started the sheep deal. And then we've continued again. Um, you know. I, Candy's really intense on the sheep side of it. She's probably tougher. Uh, I know she's tougher. She's tougher in the sort factor. 
uh, of keeper females going back. They better be real special. Um, so you're saying you don't have yeah. two hoarders in, in the operation. You, you're more so the hoarder of the, the gilts, and she's kind of more lenient on the on the you side. Well, I may sneak a you or two back off. <laughs> 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 but, but yes, she is. She's a lot tougher uh, than I am uh, at that particular point in time. Well, and she's she's laying them ewes out. She's uh, she's um, as she was getting. Uh, I, I can tell you, I got in a bind last year because I I'd, I'd slipped a couple ewes that had actually generated a lot of dollars, <laughs> and uh, and she was back helping in the lamb barn uh, last year uh, after her surgery and and. Uh, and she knows her use well enough to know that why was why is this one here? This one was on the shipping list, yeah. and I knew I was in a bind immediately because <laughs> I had slipped her off. She had nice babies again, but no udder left, and so I knew she'd get them grafted, so I was safe. But it was one of those ones that uh, they didn't miss. They didn't miss the list this time. They yeah. didn't make their way out. <laughs> but, uh, but, but yeah, it's been, you know, it's been fun. It's, uh, from a sheep standpoint, um, the thing that's neat about the sheep for us, um, is we have a bigger drawing card. It's kind of like the crossbred pig world and, uh, and the sheep world that we're in on the show and market land and the weather standpoint. Uh, there's just a lot more folks doing it. The Chester deal for us is, is so small uh, in numbers that the pools gets a lot harder to find the ones you're looking for uh which the pool's a little bigger on the sheep side of it Mm -hmm. so so it's not gonna say it's any easier but it's just one of those ones that um you just have more choices i guess um on that side of it and so um so we've been able to and we're both pretty focused on the kind we like shape kind trends the ones that are timeless um, as we go through changes, um, with them. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're pretty focused on those, on the kinds that we like, you know, they're hard to make, but they're, they can be made. And so. Yeah. That's, can be made. Put that on a t-shirt. Yeah. We, we're, what we do, Al, is everybody makes a good comment that we think would be a good T-shirt. So, candy made, sneaky genetics. How about that? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, I'm I'm there fascinated, and I have the utmost respect for those who are multi-species uh, producers. And and there's nothing probably more different than uh, the the flock of ewes and then a herd of sows. So. How do you guys, man, I know we've been kind of talking about that, but staying in front of those different trends, uh, you know, there's those that are timeless and those are the ones you hoard in those pins. But mm-hmm. how do you kind of stay on top of, of two totally different species? Um, and I guess there is a little bit of overlap, but kind of walk us through uh, your thought process of staying current and very competitive as you guys have been. Well, and again, you guys caught me down there at the sheep show in Louisville. Um, and so it's it's one that, uh, first and foremost, I think, you know, as history goes on, I you know, um, my granddad was, was Walter Schmanke. And probably the best comment that his contemporaries would always tell me, you know, as he's gone, that your granddad was the most open-minded uh, and and 
and just a nice guy to be around, but he was always open-minded. And I think that in general, um, I know it's a general term, but I think being open-minded as you're kind of going through, um, there's maybe some types and kinds um, that you may not necessarily like. There's times that we want to have, you know, I don't want everybody to raise the same kind because we need different parts and pieces at times. Right. Not that we don't, you know, we don't want to, you know, uh, ultimately have the one that totals up the most with all the good things. But but we need parts and pieces at times to, you know, I don't want the rest of the thing to fall out of bed, but we want them to basically, you know, mesh them together to kind of put together the combination that we're looking for that will be timeless or competitive in that show ring uh, day in and day, day out. See, it's, you know, one of the, one of the real benefits, both Candy and I, Candy's judge, we both have judged junior livestock shows straight out of college. Um, I always joke about the first show I judged was the day after we got married. <laughs> uh, and then we went on our honeymoon. And, uh, and so it, uh, you know, the judging junior livestock shows, to me, uh, it's like a kid in a in a candy bowl. Uh, I enjoy judging junior livestock shows um, and breeding stock shows. Um, I love the time that we spend with them. I, you know, I, you know, I look back. I've had several different people that have spent a lot of time with me when I was young uh, to help me get there. I think giving back to the industry, but in the same breath, uh, when I get done at the end of the day, if there's one of them, Barras that makes my hair stand up in the back of my neck when he hits the ring. I want to know what he is. I want to mm-hmm. know his sire. I want to know what his dam is. I want to know what made him mm-hmm. because it, that's, that's probably some of the big benefits that we get out of it. Cause we, you know, we don't do it for the money. Um, I sure don't do it for the glory, but I think from a genetic standpoint, we get an opportunity to see some genetics that are, that are out there in person that are live walking around that we can, you know, hang the, the strengths and the weaknesses on that. And I think that alone, um, you know, going and looking through those uh, and not have to, I'm not going to pick on pictures and I'm not going to pick on videos, but seeing them in live, um, uh, you can make your own strong opinion. There's times that right. it's, it can be altered enough through the video or picture that may not represent. And I want to, I want to put my eyeballs on them if you can. But judging shows has helped us a lot of seeing livestock that we've really, you know, we've went and seen that we really, really like, you know, you know, just like when I was in Louisville, there's a couple sheep that hit me really hard down there um, that I will watch in this, this spring who produced, uh, produced those things, how they were bred. And, you know, they're basically in my mind to think back, all right, does this guy have another set of them just like this? This may fit into our program, let alone, I mean, we get a chance to, you know, Louisville, I, we get a chance to see and, and follow up with a lot of our customers that we've sold to. Um, I was planning on being there for the hog show, too, guys. I had a nephew getting married that weekend, and so uh, couldn't be there for the hog show. But but it's just a great time. Louisville's a I don't know how, how it worked for you guys through your guys' show career, but Louisville was kind of the finish of the season before we fire up and start farrowing and lambing again and then start the selling and showing season all over again. But Louisville was always a nice place to kind of catch up with everybody. 
Yeah, it seems to be that's where everybody collects. Like like you were saying there when we were chatting real quick, it's the the time where everything's kind of coming to an end and you have a couple weeks and then you start uh, farrowing and <laughs> and start lambing again. So, uh yeah. No, I mean, I I took a couple notes there myself because there's so much homework that goes into making livestock good. I don't think people a know about it or or if so they don't appreciate it that it's not just uh hey what semen do you have available it's actually doing your homework finding out what your which ones are working with and matching it up to what you got at home that's that's my takeaway from your message there that's yeah well and and i really like your your being open-minded um concept that you got from your grandpa because you know that that's something that um i feel like you know, and I don't want to sound negative, but I do feel like there there's a, a group of, of folks here in our industry on it, and it doesn't really matter what species you're showing, um, that aren't open minded enough. Um, they and I get it, you like what you like. Uh you're gonna breed what you wanna breed and, and to make these things uh the way that you see or the way that you think they should be. Uh but it doesn't mean that, you know, the one standing next to it that's a little different than your kind isn't good livestock either. And, you know, I think people probably don't take a, the time to appreciate or to be open-minded to say, you know what, that ain't my kind, but I can see that there's some parts and pieces of that one that are unique, uh, that, that make that good livestock. Personally, I probably wouldn't have used it, but that's okay. And I, mm-hmm. I wish, I wish more people would have that attitude. Um, you know, I don't want to call anybody out, but I did notice a couple times standing ringside at Louisville that there was uh, some frustration coming from the sidelines and, and I get that, but at the same time, you're going to see that at every show, uh, no matter where you're at. So, uh, the open-mindedness, especially at a show like Louisville, where there's arguably, you know, 30, 40 sheep that could win that thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> depending on who's judging that day. So, uh, Oh, absolutely. It's crazy. Absolutely. Well, I think, Corey, we might as well dive into a segment that we both like called Topics from a Hat. Well, Trevor, Topics from a Hat. In our audience listening, we all know it's brought to you by our friends at Fierce Threads. The only apparel and merchandise that we get done comes from the good folks at Fierce Threads. Fierce Threads is your number one source for high-quality screen printing and embroidery. But they do more than that, Trev. They do signage, they do banners, whatever. Whatever you need merchandise-wise, go check those guys out. Put your business success in the forefront and upgrade your apparel today with Fierce Threads. Visit fierce-threads.com. Well, Trevor, we got a heater here, and I'm going to let you read this email we got. And, uh, boy, I... You know, this is our show, and I could say when I read this, my feathers got a little ruffled. Yeah, and I am I'm anxious to put it in front of uh, Mr. Sminky because yes, I I want to I want him to answer first, and then uh, we obviously can chime in afterwards. So Drew sent us an email. Uh, I'm sure he found uh, it was an email that he found on our website. So thanks for looking at the website, Drew. And he just doesn't understand the quote unquote pig jockeys that charge children and families money to go out and select the pigs for them and brag about the winners on social media. They didn't do the real work like breeding them and working them daily. Most people with a brain can go to breeders' farms and ask the breeder what pig they should pick and get paid for it. One of the biggest scams in the industry, end quote. 
So we want to bring that to, to you, Al. What are your thoughts on, uh, on this topic that Drew sends in to us? Mm, okay. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, and I don't think that's a hot topic um, because, um, again, I come out of a little older generation that the latter um, is the way we used to do a lot of business is you come to the breeder's farm and, and you work your way through it. Um, you know, I think time, um, you know, we deal with some of these guys we call jocks or, or traders through both the hog and the sheep side of it. Um, and I, and some manage it, uh, I think manage it real well. And I think some maybe not manage it quite as well. Um, you know, some of the real good managers that manage what I call the jocks, um, have got their families or those kids involved, um, from the, from, from the startup time, uh, they're here looking at livestock. Um, they're asking that jock, maybe some of the, some of the questions of which ones they like. Um, there's times that, um, you know, they're going through and, and looking for advice. Um, and so I think if they, if the guys that are the guys or gals that are working with uh, some of these young folks, have them involved in the decision making and, and they're using it as a teaching moment. Yep. I think, um, I think it's awesome because to be quite honest, not that I don't want to do some of that. And I do, we do some that we help some of the families that we try to, that buy livestock, we try to help them as much as we can. Um, but we, we wear so many caps, uh, in our operation between the farm and the livestock, um, working with my job uh, and it's tough to give the commitment uh, to each and every one of the kids that buy livestock from us and, and if somebody wants to outsource that to have some of that extra advice um, I think that's okay I'm not going to tell you they're going to win um, if I'm judging shows that don't make any difference they still got to, at the end of the day got to bring a project in that's going to be competitive it's going to fit I guess the window or the total that'll total up the way I want it to total up. Um, we probably deal with more um, um, traders on the sheep side of it. Mm. Um, some of our competitive guys um, that raise them, breed them like we do, uh, are are surprised that we can. We have almost all of them come to the house and work through the stock and, uh, and almost all of them end up with some. Um, and so, uh, folks kind of admire that we can manage that. Also, we just, we try to get along with everybody because we mm -hmm. want to, we want to touch all those. Uh, we probably haven't dealt with as many of those, um, those jocks on the swine side of it on a personal note that concerns me because we haven't, uh, I think it has affected some of our sales because we're not maybe necessarily inside some of those circles. Um, and so it's, um, my concern is, is that we have some of those folks that are, are not buying outside that circle enough or just making sure we're buying good livestock for them, not dying inside of a circle that just because it's my buddy. We want to make sure we find them good livestock. So I think you've got to manage that 
Mm-hmm. You know, as for, as young people, making sure you're working and dealing with somebody that you're willing to lay your lay your line lay the line out, you know, on, and so making sure that everything kind of hangs, you know, hangs the right way. And so, I think that's you know that's part of the equation. So I think you got to evaluate that uh, from that standpoint. You know, some will take money, some will do it. I'm sure for a very minimal amount. Right. But it's one of those ones that uh, uh, social media. Uh, I can tell you guys honestly, I do not have Facebook. I do not have some of those things. Gosh, with I have enough. I have hard enough time keeping up with my phone calls and my <laughs> emails. Uh, I couldn't imagine trying to battle through some of that. And I'm a little old because I'm through a little younger or older generation, so we haven't dealt with it. Now we do have a Facebook for our farm. That my daughter manages, but uh, uh, so it's a it's a necessary um, a necessary tool to make you know manage through with some other of our folks from a social media standpoint. But you know, bragging on social media, those folks are you know those some of those jocks are bragging because you know they're looking for some new new customers. They're trying to still grow their business um, and grow that part of it. And so, um, and we put up every. We try to put every win we try to get, if it's through them or folks buy them through the farm, we try to get them up on our website also. Yeah. And so it's, uh, we want to, we want those kids to shine and, and I know it's important to them because a lot of them, they send us an email or a text message. Hey, glad to see our, that our pictures are up. And so, so it's important Yeah. To make sure we try to get that up. And so, um, it's a balancing act it, it, from the standpoint of, you know, as Drew's question, it's a little tougher challenge. Um, but it is, it is something that we're, you know, that we're, uh, it's part of the industry now. Yeah. Different than it used to be. Yeah. And I mean, I guess it did ruffle my feathers initially because to be honest, that is one of my jobs it, it, employed with LVS is to go out and help these families and, and it, I mean, it comes down to the folks' morals. I mean, there are bad apples, and I prefer, you know, just a, a coach, a livestock coach. Um, I think pig jockey is now a bad term because those who are 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 the ones you don't trust. And and there's been some customers that I've gained because they've already had a bad experience with a quote unquote pig jock and. I asked them kind of why do they, why do they thought that and why did they jump ship and and come to me and I always sit down with the family first because expectations and dreams and goals need to come full circle before you go out and try to purchase uh, the hogs with them or for them uh, because you want to get their goals maybe they've never won a class before in their life so you want to go pick an easy feeding one that'll at least do that for them. Or maybe they want to win the whole show like they did last year. Okay, well, that's an aggressive family that knows how to get after it. Every one of them's different. And the reason this kind of ruffled my feathers uh, is because I know how I run what I do. And if, if Drew wants to call me a pig jock, I guess in the sense of the term I am. But as I sit here at my desk and look around at all the thank you letters that my families they listen to this show. Um, and they're dedicated to what they do, uh, both winter and summer. They send me thank yous and thank them for their time. And honestly, I hate charging 
my family's that service because uh, it is about the kids. I try to, to teach them what I've learned, do showmanship, and tell them, okay, we need to drop protein because of this reason. Or, hey, let's add a little bit more fat because of this. Uh, and make it a learning curve. So I guess it's all about the guy's morals. It's more about what's your intentions. And uh, if your intentions are to make as much money as you possibly can buying $200 pigs and selling them for 2000 I don't think your heart's in the right place. Um, for me, I love seeing kids grow. I love seeing their eyes light up when they got Sackett instead of fifth this year. No matter what it is, I have them all write down their goals. And it's usually three goals at the beginning of the year. And we fight to make the, all of those all those happen. So I'll get off my soapbox because I don't want to make this the uh, the topic of, of doom. But uh, I do think times have changed. Uh, it used to be everybody could go to the farm and buy your pigs, but most of them aren't just trained to, to see that 30, 40, 50 pound pig or livestock, young livestock, and, and know how they're going to feed out where somebody who has done it for years knows breeders, has an inner circle that they trust, and they can go out there and select those people for them instead of just go, like Drew said, anybody with a brain can do that. Well, I disagree because... If you don't trust and know the breeder and decide to just walk up to the closest one, well, he may not, you may not know the genetics like maybe your livestock coach would. So I digress, Corey, if you have something to add, uh, feel free to, to chime in. But I'm with you, Al. I think uh, times have changed, uh, and it, it's nice as a pig breeder to have one that you, you can trust to get into the right hands. Well, um, Trevor and Al, I would say uh, you guys have both hit it, um, hit it on the head. And, and first, I guess I would, I want to, I want to thank Drew for sending us this topic. Um, because, you know, these are, these are things and questions and, and thoughts that people around the industry have. And obviously, uh, we we're fortunate to have the opportunity to talk about these things on the show. And, and, you know, it did ruffle, ruffle my feathers. I, I, I understood and I, I understand uh, Drew, where you're coming from. Um, but I would challenge you to not look at it as one of the biggest scams in the industry, uh, rather than look at it, look at it as a, one of the biggest opportunities in the industry. Um, yes, it does have its challenges, but you're talking about, um, a very large group of folks, um, that, that can go out and, and find livestock for people that, like Trevor said, may not have the eye for it. Maybe they don't have the resources to get up and go and visit farms uh, because their lives are so busy, but they want to continue to show competitive livestock. Uh, there's guys that, you know, send and move four or five, 600,000 hogs uh, a year for folks, um, for FFA programs, uh, for, uh, you know, folks out West that want, you know, some Midwest hogs instead of, you know, what, what their genetics have to offer out there. So, you know, there's, there's lots of, different ways to look at this. Um, but I would challenge you to not look at it as a scam, get involved with the right people. Uh, there's a lot of good ones that are out there doing this. Uh, there's several not good ones, which I'm sure is what brings up your frustration and calling it a, a scam and, um, you know, calling those people out. And I get that a hundred percent, but at the same time, I think there's so many more opportunities. Uh, and like Al said, it's a part of our industry. Uh, it's not going to go away. If anything, um, 
you know, if we're going to continue to grow this industry, uh, like so many have said on this show, when we asked our, our last question, there's a lot of opportunity out there to get families involved that are inner city or don't understand. They want good projects. They want to be competitive. Um, they don't understand uh, how it all works. And so having somebody like that involved is, is in my opinion, a good deal. Um, and to be honest, time is money. And I don't think a lot of these guys want to go out there uh, and find 250 hogs a year yeah. or, you know, place, you know, 50 weathers to uh, an FFA program down in Texas and not try to at least get some money for their time and their efforts. Because uh, if they're talented enough, I would think I would sure want to pay somebody for, for offering a service. So um, that's my thoughts. I'll jump off. But I thought that was uh, it really is it, an interesting topic. It was a good one. Yes. Like everything that you guys said too. Thanks, Drew. Yeah, and I and I and I I just want to put one other little sidebar in as you guys were both kind of talking, and I probably the other thing that I see the particular the jock side or the coach standpoint, I, it's the it's part of it's because of this, the way the social lifestyle has changed, and the, uh, to me, it's watching some young families that are involved in those groups. The inclusion, it's a group. A lot of times you see a lot of those folks pen together. They may go out to supper together. You know, if you're a young family getting started and you're at an event all by yourself, it's a, it's, it's always nice to be included. Right. And mm-hmm. so it's fine to be involved. So, um, you know, if you, you know, I'm not saying it's, you have to do that, but there is some inclusion that goes with that. Some of the activities and, and some of that process of that makes it, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a lot different than we used to be. You know, usually we had breeding stock, we had a home base, we had a focus, we were trying to sell livestock at those events and shows that we were showing at. Uh, and some of these are just straight up shows where mm-hmm. you show and you go to the next one. And so, you know, our focus point was, was a little different than it used to be. Uh, and now it's, you know, it's a social activity that, uh, they want to have involved, um, and so I think that's the difference. I think that's more of the differences in the change, I think, from 20, 30 years ago uh, yes. compared to now. Yeah. Yep. That's an awesome point. Well, yep. that was an awesome topic. A lot of discussion there. I'm sure uh, those fans, if you have your own little tidbit you'd like to send us, you know where to find us on social media. So thanks, Drew, for the good topic. Quick break in the action, folks, to tell you about a huge pig show coming to London, Ohio, December 13th, 14th, and 15th. On that 13th of December, Friday Night Lights Swine Jackpot Show starts at 8 p.m. in London, Ohio at the Madison County Fairgrounds. Judges Danny Aarons and Clay Pruitt, very, very inexpensive $10 ahead entry. The next day, Holiday Showdown Swine Jackpot Show, both the 14th and the 15th, same location, same fairgrounds, Three shows in two days. Here's the judges, folks. You may know this guy. Ryan Rash is coming to town on Saturday. Rodney Spindler is coming in from New York to judge alongside of him in the other ring. Danny Aarons is coming back on Sunday. And Matt Knott to judge the guilts on Sunday also. Entries are open tomorrow, folks, on Thanksgiving. Entries open at 5 p.m. Go to holidayshowdown.fairentry.com. Here's another awesome thing. If you go to showpig.com, the folks we love so much that we mentioned earlier, they are selling pen spaces. So you don't have to fight the traffic. You buy them early, 
You get your in there selling trailer spots, I think I saw. So, oh boy. Hey, let's do that. Black Friday uh, sale, you can save $10 per entry on Saturday and Sunday shows. Only entries done on Black Friday apply. Folks, you need to be there in London, Ohio at the Madison County Fairgrounds December 13th, 14th, and 15th. All right, we can jump right into one of my favorite things I did in junior college. Uh, unfortunately, we did not make the pilgrimage, my senior college trip, but that was the Sminky Farm pre Barra Show. I absolutely loved it. Uh, I always learn something every time I go there. So uh, my question, or I guess topic uh, for you, Al, is, is explain uh, what it is for those who don't know uh, what your workout uh, pre-Barra show is and how did it all get started? Um, wow, that, um, that yeah, a lot of history goes back into this one. Um, National Barra Show, uh, Austin, Minnesota. Like I mentioned earlier, I live in Van Horn, Iowa, so we're two hours straight north or straight south of the National Barra Show. And, um, you know, it all kind of started. We, uh, like I mentioned, we're three generations, and my dad uh, had production sales. Uh, Production sales were something that were very common 40 years ago. Uh, We'd save all the breeding stock that we had, uh, that would have been farrowed through our basically December, January, February, March groups. We'd sell a set of boars. Um, sell 30, 40, 50 boars in that setting. We'd sell typically from 100 to 200 head of gilt uh, in that setting. Uh, Candy and I got married at 83. Um, we continued the production sales at that time. Um, but Candy and I both had come off a, a successful judging team career and and was involved in it. And we had decided uh, at that point, um, and we could see things were changing some. Some of the show world was kind of coming at that point, and the show pigs and, and the things that were kind of coming at us. And so, hey, let's let's put a judging contest with this. Uh, we had never put a judging contest with our production sales, so um, we put a little judging contest together, and and um, so we started that. And of course, that would always be a Friday or Saturday night. We end up being Saturday nights ahead of the National Bear Show when the kids typically judge on Monday up there. So we caught them traveling the way north. Um, and so that kind of is where it kind of started. We ended up starting that judging contest, and it was basically designed and set for a lot of the local FFA chapters and 4 H clubs to come. Um, didn't take long for some of the junior college and senior college. Uh, to start swinging in also. And uh, and then some would start showing up earlier and they'd be working some classes back in the feeding pens. And so it kind of, it grew into a, uh, kind of a big deal uh, at that point. So we were, we had that set up, did this all on farm. Um, and then uh, unfortunately uh, the hog industry and the kind of the crash in the hog market um, and thank goodness on our part, um, we were headed towards the show pig world at that point, and we had made the decision that spring uh, that we're going to sell pigs. We're going to start selling a lot more barras, a lot more show gilts, 
uh, weren't really planning on having a fall sale and and the hogs got down in there to the teens that fall and um, so the commercial swine industry had changed but we said hey we're gonna keep this keep this judging uh, workout on uh, Dan Hogue had, had called um, and he helped instrument that to keep it going and so we fired that thing up uh, and continued uh, till to this day. So we have been doing it since 83, basically the judging contest, the pilgrimage. The pilgrimage um, is basically the guys are coming from the east. They're coming from the west. Um, uh, this year was probably one of I didn't get a count, but we had to be close to 300 young people here from, from colleges all over um, that, that meet here. Um, and of course, I, in fact, we're breeding sows right now with my focus on putting classes together for that group. Um, we'll have some early gilts that I'm sure we'll keep, but these marches that we're making right now, um, we use a lot of those young ones. Um, the National Barrier Show with Keep Call class, I think this year we set up three or four Keep Call classes and a couple market classes. Keep Calls is eight gilts kids have got questions on keep the best four we've got points scored across those top eight and they don't a lot of the kids don't get a chance to see a lot of those mm-hmm. and so we get a chance to like it or dislike it as participants <laughs> we get a chance to fire a lot of numbers at them quick so they can get a chance to get through it uh try to sharpen their skills um i know the highlight for some of the crew back when the kids were showing sheep <laughs> They a lot of teams would check the sheep out also yeah, at the yeah. same time that was in the barns. And so uh, that's when Candy would uh, smile and shine because we'd always show off some of the sheep that we were probably taking off into Kansas City, Louisville, Exarbon, uh, some of the events. But uh, it's continued to stay strong, uh, the pilgrimage. Um, like I said, this year, I, man, we had a pile of young people. The contest had to be huge uh, up there this time. Uh, and so, uh, it's been, it's been great for us. Uh, when you get, you know, you kind of talked about trying to manage the trends and some of that stuff, um, just being out in front of some of these young people and kids, I don't know, we travel, uh, and judge and uh, I don't know how many young people will stop and say, Hey, we were at your house, um, so-and-so year. And we really enjoy being at their house and and look at livestock and it helped our contest. And so again, giving back to the industry, uh, in our little way here and, and enjoying it. And we get just as big a bang out of it, um, as the kids do. And you guys do. Well, Al is as big as, as busy as these, uh, these endeavors keep you, you've aged pretty well. I'll say that. <laughs> uh, I couldn't imagine, uh, you know, working that many, uh, teams and kids and coaches through year after year. Um, it's just, it, it's an awesome event. And I, I kind of feel bad for anybody that hasn't had the opportunity to go on uh, what's been coined the pilgrimage because that trip is something, um, you know, just as a livestock enthusiast, you'd, you'd be excited to go on and it doesn't matter what species. Uh, I remember, uh, you know, several times, you know, there's a lot that can be learned on the pilgrimage, um, you know, you have good days, you have bad days. Um, and then you have terrible days where you get your cards ripped up and thrown in your face. Yeah. 
And, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's, uh, but, but the coolest thing is being able to see, uh, all the breeders and the hogs and, um, you know, I, I think it gives folks a real world perspective on, and instead of just evaluating forehead, which is why I like keep call so much, um, just as a teaching tool. Um, and even in a contest setting, I think it, I think it can help separate, um, you know, the ones that are trained well to place forehead versus the ones that are, um, really good at deciding what's relevant for, um, you know, what's in that group. So. Oh, absolutely. And, and again, I, and, you know, and, and it's not all, you know, we do this, this is, this is a family event. Uh, we've tried to make sure that the kids are all here to help. Uh, you know, of course, Candy's had to step back for a little bit. She did a little more help again this year, but, and, and again, those, you know, um, I, I'm sure if I start mentioning names, I'm going to mention Dan Hogue because Dan's kind of the instrumental of the, of helping with that. But there's several of those young coaches that help, uh, put that all together from the standpoint of officials and those kinds of things. Cause I, I can't take all the credit of getting all that put together. Cause I've got to have some of those guys helping because we're sorting, washing and trying to get hogs pushed and through and try to do it efficiently. And so I appreciate all those guys help also to help make that all happen. And so, yeah. Well, in order to have a, a pilgrimage, you need a village. So, yeah. um, yeah, <laughs> it, uh, it, it works. So, um, so I, I was thinking back to our, uh, our little discussion there at Louisville and, um, as we get near the end here, um, you were telling us some stories about some boars that you'd bought sight unseen and, and, uh, some other kind of just interesting stuff that you've experienced mm-hmm. over the years. Uh, if you can remember, retell that story. Cause that was, that was pretty cool. Um, I can't remember what board it was, uh, or who yeah. was even involved, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to back you kid. I'm going to back you up just a little bit on another one, but I am going to come to this story. Okay. That was, that's, that's a good one too. But, and again, it's, you know, history again, um, and again, you guys are probably too young to remember, but Candy and I got married in 83. Uh, unfortunately in 86, we break with pseudo. Uh. Uh, and so, uh, the hog operation, um, changes a lot at that point. We basically had it, uh, we, we did a lot of things. We worked with Dr. Hendrickson there, um, they all at that time, uh, to get cleaned up, uh, was able to salvage a bunch of stuff, but the story where I'm headed with the story is, um, it was the summer no, I think we broke in '85. We the summer the summer conference in Elkhart, um, Wisconsin. Um, we had to uh, we had all these guilt that we had gotten through, basically through the the blood screening, and they're all negative for pseudo. And we we're we had all these all these guilt that uh, and and we needed to bore. Um, and I can still remember it like it was yesterday. Uh, champion boar there. We really, really liked. Uh, Dave and Carmel Spaulding had raised him from California. Huh. Um, and I mean, he was a good one. Um, my, my dollar amount may not be quite right. But at that point in time, I think it was, I think he was at 6,400 and I was out at that point. And I can still remember 
Um, and I respect the world of him. And you guys will know the last name. You guys probably don't. Paul Parrish. Oh, yeah. yeah. Paul would be the father of Howard and Dan Parrish. And I can still remember him tapping me on the shoulder as that boar is selling. He said, he's a young man. That boar will be a changer. You need to buy that one. And uh, I reached back and fired again. And I owned, and that boar's boar called Top Gun. Um, we turned around that next summer, had grand board the summer conference, paid for him in one shot. Jeez. Uh, we turned around and, and had two of the top selling boards that some that fall uh, in our production sale. Um, and so it, uh, it was one of those ones that, uh, you know, you think back in time, you know, that was a lot of money. It was one of those ones I knew I needed him. I just needed a little help to get <laughs> to that point. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I, I probably I need I, and when we and we got it, and that one did a pile of good for us, and so we kind of got rolling along. And that, of course, that was in the eighties. Uh, but the story that you you were you were talking back, uh, or I was telling about, um, good friend of mine, um, J.R. Reed. From Sweet Springs, Missouri. He's a. I don't know if Jr. was a superintendent. Yeah, I think he was a superintendent. He's been the superintendent for years at the Missouri State Fair. And mm-hmm. Jr. and I go back. We used to travel together all the time, going to a lot of the shows in the Southwest. Um, we don't travel as much. We don't go to as many of those shows as we used to. But uh, we used to travel together. And of course, I was told him that uh, you ever see a Chester boar that I need to own, you make sure you let me know. And, you know, and vice versa on the polling or spot, right? you know, through my travels, because can't be everywhere. And uh, he had called me, and again, I forget what year it was, but uh, anybody knows anything about the Chesters, that was the boar we bought him uh, from Dale Akey from Missouri. That was a boar called Direct Hit. Um, Direct Hit just lit things up for us. Um, I still... I didn't take my, my friend Platt's advice uh, when that boy was getting old. I should have froze some semen on him and put some of that away because he was one that was timeless. Um, I, I look back now wishing maybe they wouldn't be as good today as they were back then, but it's one of those ones you sure love to put a little of that semen back in to try. Mm-hmm. Uh, but direct hit was, was huge. Uh, that one uh, did us a great job, great set of hogs. I don't know. We had – Several of the Expo Junior National Champions were out of him for a lot of our families. Uh, Barras and Gilt, he generated on both ends. Um, and so when I when I was telling this story there at Louisville, you guys, we got talking about, we've got a boar in here. Uh, he did it to me again. JR had called me uh, both times with, I was at the 4-H show at the Iowa State Fair, and JR called me there this go around and said, hey, there's Chester board to Missouri state fair. It's a good. And I said, all right. And so I says, uh, send me a video and see what they want for him. And, uh, so we, and I liked him well, uh, and we got him bought. And, uh, and so we've got him in here. He's got, uh, he's got my fire going. I like this one a lot. Um, and so we have, uh, uh have used him pretty hard. Um, Hopefully he'll generate as good as he looks. Uh, 
So hopefully we've got another direct hit laying them bunch. We this what we call major move. Um and uh, we're excited for the future. Uh, of course, we've got several other boards that we, you know, that I that we own or in partnership with. Uh, that uh, I'm sure will do us a good job. We think this one can help us move into the next direction uh, again. And so, so that's kind of you know some of the boards we've had. We've been very fortunate and very lucky over the years to have several boards that we've purchased and or or uh, have sold. That have, that have done a nice job. Uh, has that uh, has that happened to you on the sheep side yet? Where you just you, you get a guy in your hip pocket mm-hmm. and say, "Hey, if you find one, let me know." And <laughs> turns out it's a yeah, home run. yeah. I would say yes. Um, probably the most recent one. Um, and again, uh, man, we went in deep. Um, and 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 I know both you guys are wearing you know candy had lost her kidneys um, about three years ago. So we had a, we had a kidney transplant that we had to do. Um, and these guys had called, I think it was ahead of that, but it was one of those deals that we had not gotten out and got a chance to travel. But uh, uh, Mike Carr and uh, Mike Pensenhauser, Jeff Rapaski and Bart Zuber, there's four of us, all, all of us other than Rapaski lives in Minnesota. Uh, fairly, uh, fairly close other than Jeff and, uh, and they had called and we had not seen him. Um, Candy and I hadn't just due to the fact that some of the stuff that we had going on here, but there was a buck, uh, that those guys thought they need to own. They thought we need to own a part of, and, uh, and we'd heard enough good things about the sheep already. And of course, Candy still did a lot, a little research also before we just dumped in, dumped in totally. But that one, uh, I think the five of us, I don't know, we give 130,000, 125,000 for him. Um, and that was about called joint custody. Huh. Uh, yep. and joint, um, I can tell you halfway through the first season, he paid for himself. It wow. Was, it was. It was, um, and I, I'm not going to speak for all the owners, but I'll guarantee each and every one of the owners, I'm sure, probably have all paid for him. Uh, that was one that, and he was a good one. He generated. I appreciate those guys uh, allowing us to be a part of it. Um, I guarantee one man, or this man here, wouldn't have been able to go $128,000. But it's one of the deals that, uh, so yeah. Um, you know, but we've had, we do have a few of those guys that, uh, what we call, you know, traders or the jocks that will call us when they see one that's, that's an intact that, um, Hey, there's, but you still gotta be out there looking. You still gotta be looking out for, you know, for yourself right? Uh, to find those out there because, uh, they're just not going to fall out of the Christmas tree. I can tell you that you've got to go digging and looking and, just like we kind of talked about in Louisville, looking at some progeny, uh, saying, man, I like that one or, and, and kind of following some of that and basically just filing it away and, and hoping to, that it pops up because it, you know, and it's just like this board that I bought this major movement that we bought in Missouri. Um, when I did the five generation pedigree search on him, um, you know, it becomes really interesting because I had sold, uh, James and Amanda Thompson 
the great grandmas um, of a, of that particular boar's mom, huh. and uh, and she was really good. I can remember when James and Amanda picked that one out uh, for their son uh, to start the kind of the Chester program. Uh, that one had generated a lot of hogs that sold well and performed well for them, and uh, and goes back to an old sow family of ours that was really good. And so it was, and uh, so it becomes a small little world all of a sudden, pretty quick. Right. When you start start kind of researching back a little further on some of that stuff at times, and so my comp again, my confidence in that one's pretty strong. That particular boar, and so, and so, uh, so yeah, yeah, so yeah, so some of those genetics once in a while, I won't say fall out of the Christmas tree, but sometimes good stock is good stock no matter when it kind of appears you betcha all right Corey, let's jump right into another another segment social smash well let's see if i can go two for two on ad reads this episode because i've had some (laughs) struggles here recently social smash is brought to you by brad hal ford ladies and gentlemen you know it by now at least you should if you get in a fender bender Maybe a smash your vehicle up. Somebody backs a trailer into you, which I've seen happen at shows before. Visit Brad Halford and replace that old truck with a brand new one. Head to Kokomo, Indiana, because it's time to upgrade to a new truck. Cruise into that next show looking good. Sharp as a tack. Brad Halford has award-winning customer service that will lead you in the right direction on your next vehicle purchase. Thank you to our folks at Brad Halford. So, Al, we've kind of touched on this a little bit before with the social media aspect, but let's touch on the industry pet peeves that you might have. Hmm. Well, you know, it, um, and again, I don't have Facebook. I don't have some of that type of stuff where I see some of the, you know, some of the negative side of it. Right. Um, probably the you know, the only thing that, you know, and again, I'm not going to, you know, I don't know who the folks were, but I can remember probably the biggest pet peeve I had in, in Facebook was just kind of getting going. Again, I'm old enough to know when some of that stuff was starting. I was judging a lot of shows and, uh, and it was before folks attached their real names to I assume most everybody attaches their names to every comment they make on some of that stuff, or I mm-hmm. hope they do. <laughs> you know, and at that time, I had finished up judging a Texas major, um, and and anybody knows me well enough to know that it could be a it could be any shape, kind, as long as he's a good one, he he'll win. I mean, if he if he totals up. You well, know. I, I, and I went outside the box and I, I, we, of course it's a team judging deal at that Texas major and we end up using a land race for a reserve grant. Wow. And, uh, and he is a good, and I'm telling you, we, we debated a long time and I was pitching on the land race to be grant. He was that good. Wow. Well, I can tell you that social media didn't like that real well. <laughs> and so it, uh, I still have a, a few good friends that'll rib me a little bit about it. And I fight, tell them guys, 
you're just lucky I wasn't doing it by myself. I may have used him grand. <laughs> and, and so it's one of those deals that, you know, again, you know, there's, you know, they got to check the boxes. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so social media, you know, I'm going to take everything to the good side of it. I don't want to have the, the, the conspiracy factor to run and drive my daily. And I think at times some of that social media, some of that stuff, the conspiracy factor drives too much of it. Mm. Um, there's way too many good things that come from the industry and the business that we're in. I would do nothing different with my kids from being involved in the junior livestock side of it. Uh, and the time spent in the winch in the in the window time of talking and conversations. Um, I, the one thing that concerns me the, as much as anything today is, is I see you know if my travels with our feed sales, I see way too many noses in the phones. Uh. I see way too many of my young people with their noses in their phones with Facebook texting and not enough communicating. Just like what we're doing right here, talking back and forth. Yep. Having good skill talking, um, you know, I can't I can't read your guys' body language, but I like reading body language when I'm talking to people. And so those skills, I'm afraid, are are going to continue to be lost. Uh, some when we have that type of, we don't have enough of it. Uh, to me, of uh, just reaching out and and communicating back and forth, just in a conversation. And so that's probably a little more of my my pet peeve, you know, to be quite honest. And so, yeah, well, I, I, uh, I can't, uh, can't agree more because it's conversations like this and like, like we've had in the past, uh, here on this show that have allowed us to, to network a lot more and be able to, to kind of grow. And, um, you know, I'm not so sure that, that some of these, some of these kids, it's just unfortunate. It's the environment they grow up in, you know, uh, uh, some of us, I mean, Trevor and I, uh, we'll date ourselves a little bit here, Al. We we were <laughs> around, we were around before Facebook. So, uh, you know, luckily <laughs> we, uh, we got to experience life before social media, but there's a lot of kids now that are, are born right into it. Um, yeah. and it's kind of, it's unfortunate. And, and I think luckily we're in an industry that allows us to have more face-to-face conversations, uh, with people, uh, more so than anywhere else in the world. So, we're pretty, we're pretty lucky there. Um, and I would also like to say even, uh, with your, with your land race selection, uh, <laughs> you, you would have done today what uh, folks would deem as breaking the internet, um, <laughs> with some of those comments, I'm sure. So <laughs> I, uh, I would love, I would love to go back and maybe just see what people were saying. You know, it's, it's just, it's, it's more comical to me than anything, you know, uh, but uh, like you said, it's a good, and you just got to use it. Oh yeah, yeah. It uh, you know, and again, it's hard at times when you kind of work outside the out of the out of the the normal path uh, of of some. But in the same breath, there's certain you know breeds or certain ones that at times that are extra special. You know, right. I can. I can see when I know when Candy's doing several of those Texas shows. I mean, you know, when she did some of those Texas sheep shows, them fine wool crosses down there were incredible. I mean, I, I still remember coming back and talking about, you know, and I know she used a few of them. And I mean, them things were, you know, uh, we don't see any of them in the North, 
Mm-mm. When you get into some of them things, you're going, oh, she just she couldn't talk couldn't talk enough about them. There, and those those things are getting even better now today even oh absolutely. i mean those are those are real real good sheep um interesting i kind of you know kind of be nice to get some some of those uh genetics up here and and uh i don't know if we create a division for them or anything but geez they're they're uh, just as competitive as is some of the media moles and all that oh, kind yeah. of stuff so um absolutely okay listen up this is a really good episode, but you need to pause because I'm about to tell you about some really good stuff. Folks, if you've listened to any of our episodes, you should know who these folks are by now. But if you don't, pay attention here. Murray State University Swine Unit. Are you kidding me? From a personalized real-world learning community to securing valuable internships and career networking opportunities that prepare students for a lifetime of success, Murray State University gets you where you want to go. Engage one-on-one with a faculty in their labs or work in one of their five teaching farms, including the student-led and operated show pig facility. The Swine Lab and Show Pig Operation at Murray State houses 30 sows dedicated exclusively to purebred and crossbred show pig production. But you won't find a farm manager anywhere. Who are you going to find? They employ a team of student leaders who each oversee their piece of the farm's genetics breeding, farrowing, marketing, sale management, and boar stud operations. Classes are offered in swine science, swine production, and individual swine practicums. So for those of you listening that want to engage in an education, you can follow them on Instagram and Facebook at MSU Show Pigs or visit their website at murraystate.edu slash swine unit. Murray State University, go get an education, not just a degree. Yeah. So uh luckily I got to stick Trevor with the last question. <laughs> I've done this now probably the last four episodes in a row. Yeah, um, you do it. I hate asking this question because it's hard and I don't like asking tough questions to people. So Trevor, wrap her up. Well, I <laughs> I am the I'm becoming the opposite now since you're sticking me with it. I, I like hearing everybody's answer to it. So I guess I'll be oh, I, I like I love hearing the answers. I just don't like asking <laughs> questions. So it's it's <laughs> tough because everybody has different answers. Um, we always end the episode asking the same question to everybody, and that is, where do you see the show stock industry in five years? Oh, wow. Um, where do I see it? Um, you know, I think, and again, um, I think it's, it's one of those ones that, again, open-minded falls in that in that category. I, you know, there's things that can limit it. Um, you know, as long as we do the right things, as uh, long as you know we don't see challenges that are out of our control, I think the the, the strength uh, it will continue to grow, uh, continue to stay strong. Um, from the standpoint of the show stock industry, um, I think we have to adapt to the changes. I mean, I think we've discussed some of those changes of what's happened in the last 25 years, of how they changed. And again, they'll continue to change. Um, you know, I know we've seen one of the challenges coming in the swine industry for us in Iowa and probably a lot of places that harvest the pigs at, at some of the major shows at the end. 
uh, with the paline issue. We're going to, we'll have to learn to adjust with that uh, and decide how we're going to handle some of that. So I think some of the policy changes we'll learn to adjust and evaluate and then move. Uh, but it's still, it's, you know, the show stock industry is still a great tool to, to build young people, to, to learn to, you know, set goals, build some commitment, and uh, come with some results. Mm. You know, I think you talked about it earlier, Trevor. I think setting goals, it doesn't necessarily have to be to win the show. Right. You know, it may be, it may be just make the cut, make it up to the, you know, when I do OYE, some of the goal is just to get up to the big ring, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, or get to where you can move into the next step. I mean, yeah, you know, we were fortunate over the years to have a lot of success, but uh, we had to take small bites to get there. Uh, you get, you take small and then set your goals a little further and surround yourself with folks and don't be ever be afraid to, to ask questions and continue to learn every day. So you, know, you if you're not open-minded to, to learn every day, because things change and evolve. And so you bet, and you kind of have to put them together. So, um, I hope it stays strong. We plan to continue to stay strong with it. Um, I, Candy and I are young. We hope to continue to do it. We joke about it at our house here that, uh, when we decide to ever retire, we'll still probably have a few ewes out in the pasture and there'll probably be a little sow lot somewhere with us yet. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> That's right. I can't imagine not doing both, uh, uh, in our, in our, uh, in our latter years. And so. Oh, you bet. Well, it's in your blood. I mean, I, I as competitive as you guys have been and as genuine as you are to people, uh, you're not going to be out until you decide you're going to be out. And even if you say you are, like you just said, I guarantee you, you're going to have that that uh, workout somehow if you have to go <laughs> if you have to go find them. So, <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. But hey, we appreciate it. Uh, we always love opening opening up the book to people's stories, especially those uh, like Al Schminke. So thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and your evening uh, to sit here and chat with us. Oh, it's been my pleasure, Trevor, Corey. I appreciate it. A uh, little worried about it right out of the gate, but it was awesome. It's always <laughs> nice fun to reflect back on some of the things that we've done and some of yeah. the history. So it's been my well, pleasure. Al, I'll tell you this, uh, you're one of those guys that, um, you know, we not may you may not know me very well, but, uh, uh, trust me, I, I keep up with what you guys are doing. Um, I, uh, I respect and idolize you and candy a lot just based on, uh, the two species you work in, because those are the two that I'm most passionate about also. And, um, you know, we're, uh, we're trying to learn and grow as we can too. And, um, at some point this, this itch is, uh, to get into the show pig deal is going to get scratched. And, um, uh, you know, so I, I gotta, I gotta keep my, uh, my, the balance of the sheep and the hog deal, uh, in check. And, and so luckily the family's involved with the sheep thing. So if I want to jump into the pig business, I guess I can do that, uh, huh. on my own. So, uh, just really respect you guys a lot and, and, uh, want to thank you for your time too. You bet. No, we appreciate it. Appreciate it. So we've enjoyed it. All right, Owl. We thank you and good luck, Farrowing and Lambing. Sounds great. We'll be starting that up shortly. All right. <laughs> we'll see you, Al. Right. Have a good Thanksgiving, guys. You too. Hey, you too. My goodness. I have always respected 
uh, the Schminkies, um, multi-species, any, any people that, that can do that at the level that they do it uh, are great. But man, just the respect that uh, they have for other people and other people's operations, uh, just, a, just a great guy and a great couple to work with. So uh, yep. folks, don't forget, uh, we are on all social media. You guys are being awesome to keep up on what we're doing. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, we do it all. So uh, keep following us, and don't forget to rate us, preferably five stars, and uh, give us a like on all of those, um, and have a good Thanksgiving. We've got uh, several of awesome things coming uh, down the pike. Sure do. And uh, let's hope that we get our inventory back up here on the hoodies. Uh, you guys have been awesome uh, shopping online. We appreciate it. Christmas is coming up. Don't forget. So wouldn't be anything cooler than a stock talk hoodie under the tree. And trust me, these things are warm. So you, you won't be, uh, won't be missing out on the quality either. Yes. So, We're going to do our yeah. best to re up inventory. You guys uh, yes. cleaned it out pretty quick. So we are, we are so thankful for you guys listening. Appreciate it very much. And, uh, we're looking forward to what the future has in store for this podcast and what Trevor and I have going on uh, outside of this thing is, is I think going to be pretty special. So appreciate you guys. Keep listening. We love you. And this has been another edition of stock talk. <laughs> Way to go, Trevor. <laughs> <laughs>